Hey all you Thrivers, on today's episode we're going to be talking about focus and four ways you can help your child have better focus and concentration. Stay tuned! Before we jump into that, for those of you who are joining us for the very first time, my name is Chrissy Richardson. I am the author and creator of Making Sense of Munchkin. As a special needs mom warrior, I help special needs parents just like you go from crazy till calm and from helpless to empowered. I want you to do more than just survive. I want you to be thriving. Now as a parent with a child who struggles with ADHD and a variety of other things, as well as being undiagnosed myself, I understand what it means to be distractible. Even as I wrote out today's script, I had eight windows open on my screen uh, and my cell phone by my side. We often seem to think that being focused on one thing at a time is highly important for productivity. Now, as I believe that there is some truth to that, my mind doesn't always work like that and nor does your child's. Those with ADHD have rapid moving thoughts and often they move from topic to topic to allow their brain to capture the right thought at the right time. Think about your child's brain like this. There's a busy four-way intersection ahead and constantly all day cars come to the intersection, stop for a moment and then proceed through or make their turn. Well, an ADHD brain is a lot like that. Those cars represent thoughts, and they're only there for a brief time while they're sitting at the intersection stopped. And we have to try to capture those before the traffic starts to move again. It makes it difficult. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it. Now, you would think that a system like this would cause chaos and I would miss deadlines, when in fact, that's not always the case. I can juggle multiple tasks and deadlines all at the same time. And I can get a lot done in a very short amount of time. Now, secondly, we need to ask ourselves, why can my child focus or hyper-focus on various activities and topics, but not others? I'll tell you what the answer is. It's passion and interest. When we are asked to do a task that our mind, our body, and our soul has zero interest in, this causes the system to be taxed. It takes extra energy to stay on topic and not let our minds wander. Whereas, when we're presented with a topic that we're fully engaged in, we can focus intensely for hours at a time, blocking out all distractions, even stopping to eat drink, or use the bathroom. So when we're working with our children, we need to be little detectives and observe their behavior when they're focused on activities that they enjoy. What are they doing? Are they moving while they're doing this activity? How long are they engaged? Where in the house or other place are they doing this activity? What is their current mood with this activity? What was their mood towards this activity before they started the activity? 
all of those can tell us and unlock the keys and secrets to helping our child learn how to better focus going forward. Now, there's another myth that goes around about focus. And it seems to involve that you have to be stationary when doing something. As though we're chained to a desk or a chair, being unable to break away until we're done. That's ludicrous. I challenge you to completely rethink that this is what it takes to have focus. People like me and people like your child, we're the movers and the shakers, the creative minds of this world. And we need to move to think in some way or somehow. Our bodies and minds are constantly moving and we are trying to keep up. I often get up multiple times while I'm working on something. In fact, it can take me oh, tons of times to record this video by simply having to stop and reheat my coffee, take care of the dog or whatever else. It doesn't mean it doesn't get done. It just gets done differently. You know, sometimes I get up to grab a snack or I'm humming a tune or I tap my feet. Sometimes I tap my hands together. There's nothing wrong with any of this. These breaks allow my brain to finish processing a thought. Kind of like your computer when the wheel of death can come up. Our brains are very similar. It lets my body re-energize and my mind to re-energize so that I can continue focusing on the task. Now, just like when I'm in this zone and I can work for multiple hours, I'm usually chewing gum, like a cow, might I say, and I'm listening to music I enjoy and I'm just swinging back and forth and I'm going with it and that's my rhythm. And I'm sure that your child has the same. It is not as important how tasks are completed, but that they are done so with effort, care, and punctionality. Now let's talk about ways that you can help your child. The most profound ways to help your child learn to harness their superpowers of focus is to understand how their bodies work just like what I was kind of explaining when reframing our myths. Give them more time to process their thoughts. As in my earlier example of the traffic flying by through the intersection, ADHD can affect your child's processing speeds. As an adult, I have experience and better control on how I can slow down the flow of my traffic making it easier for me to recall thoughts and better focus on what I need at the, at the moment. However, this takes time for your child to develop. In younger ch children, it takes them more effort to try to slow down their traffic and pull the thoughts that they need. Therefore, be patient and give them the time that they need to process what's going on. Allow for downtime. Like I said, it takes more energy to try to slow the flow of traffic. 
as well as force your brain and your body to focus on something, especially when it doesn't want to. Have you ever tried to do taxes? I hate taxes and it takes everything in my power to focus on them. For some people, it's an easy task and they're quick and some find it energizing. I find it draining and so do your children when they're working with a task they don't like. This energy consumption completely can wear us out and therefore we need more downtime to recover. Now this is even more true if you have a child with multiple struggles, such as a child with sensory processing disorder and they're a sensory seeker. So on top of this focus, they need sensory input all the time to help their bodies better regulate. Number three, provide more movement. Ta-da! I don't know how many times I can say it. Your kids need movement. Children with ADHD, sensory processing disorder, and a variety of others need to move to think. So let's give them that opportunity. This works because movement helps put the body and the brain into rhythm. Because our brains move so quickly, the tapping, the humming, the spinning, the chewing, or whatever gives our brain a rhythm to follow. It actually can slow down all those thoughts and it gives it another focus point. And I know that that sounds really weird, but you almost have to think about it like a, a beautiful um, piece of music and the top is being played and the bottom is being played and the top sets the harmony and the bottom is what the lyrics are that are moving along. It's the same concept. So you can provide more movement for your children by giving them a rocking chair. My daughter has one at her desk. You can give them swiveling chairs. Oh, like, yay, like this fun office chair. Or you can provide fidget bands. We have those on our chairs and I watch them be stretched all over with feet and arms and all sorts of other things. You can allow them to suck on a sucker. You can allow them to chew gum like a cow, like I do sometimes. Or you can find their favorite music station and let them sing along, hum along, tap their foot and let their brain have that rhythm. I always found it funny. When Samantha was little and she would be very upset, I would turn on classical music. And within moments of the classical music, she would completely mellow out. There's something about that particular organized structure that helps them. Now, sometimes we listen to rock and sometimes we listen to country and sometimes we listen to pop and each one of those do something different for her body at different times. Have you ever done like an intense workout and like you've listened to Eye of the Tiger and it's like it's motivating for you and like you're into it? Like it's the same thing for our kids. We just have to find those elements for them. Okay, last but not least, and I think this one is huge, make content and concepts more relatable. Most schools teach concepts out of context. It's like, well, today we're gonna focus on this topic, but it doesn't help us understand where it fits into the greater wide world you know, that we live in. And I think that that makes it one, 
way more confusing for children to understand, and number two, way more boring, okay? Plus, schools are notorious for just opening up books or going to a website and having children just read about things without them being fully engaged. So it's your job to help bring those concepts to life for your child by making the content more relatable and fire up your child's passions and interests. Maybe it means that your child's a drawer. Have them draw what you're talking about. Maybe you draw examples from TV shows and books and video games. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever your child's into, find a way to tie it in. And the other part of this is that make that content more hands-on. Things need to be tangible for ADHD people like us to really grasp it. We need to see it, we need to play with it, we need to hold it, you know, we need to do something with this information to help our minds capture it and to keep us interested. So we use a lot of what they call manipulatives and when she was little I would pull out her toys and if we were learning some concept that we were struggling with like math of some sort, we would pull out, you know, 15 Shopkin figures and we'd add them together or they were on a parade and this one left and how many did that leave us? and Whatever it is. Um, we also use other things like turning it into a game. I did a lot of creation for um, Shopkin Bingo and it was a way that I could help her learn phonics. And then later on it turned into Pokemon phonics or <laughs> whatever it is. So we've done bingos and we've done matching and you know we've done strategy games and our game closet is full of stuff and she loves online games and video games you know and what it does is anything that's more fun makes it easier to learn and will keep focus longer all right guys i've helped you reframe your myths around focus and concentration and i've given you four more tips on how you can help your child improve their focus and concentration if you've got ideas that I haven't talked about, please post them in the comments below. Now, I hope you liked this video. And if so, a thumbs up would be great. If you'd love to see more content, head on over to the channel or my website at www.makingsenseofmunchkin.com. Now, until next time, keep on thriving.